They are creating money out of thin air. It's the world's largest con game. Hello and welcome to the Durham Talents channel. My name is Jesse Durham. Today we are going to be discussing the infinite banking concept as conceived and described in R. Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, and banks. Their serpentine subtlety, scrutiny, and slavery. Now, those were two quotes from Nash himself when I said that they're creating money out of thin air. And what we need to recognize is that today we are using a fiat currency. What that means is that today we are not tied to a particular standard such as a gold standard that the United States used to have, meaning that a dollar was a paper form, medium of exchange for gold. It was tied to a certain amount of gold, just for example. So we're operating with a fiat currency today and what most of us don't know is that when a dollar is deposited at a commercial bank that that bank will be able to loan out a multiple of that dollar so they are literally creating you know digits on a screen or money out of thin air because for every dollar that's deposited and this is going to be in stark contrast with how mutual whole life companies operate. But for every dollar deposited to a bank, they will lend out, Nash says in his book, 10 times what's deposited there. Now think about that. When we go to secure, if we can, because again, it'll be on the terms and conditions set up by the bank, which shouldn't be overlooked very quickly. And we'll probably talk about that more. But when we go to secure financing for a personal loan, for a home renovation, for a refinance, for a mortgage, for a vehicle, for any number of things, that that loan is made out of thin air, that that money is not tied to a reserve anywhere, it's not tied to a golden standard, for example, it's been created the moment that we sign a paper saying that we're beholden to the bank according to their terms at this interest rate that we will be paying them, etc. by commercially and conventionally financing. That money was essentially created when we signed that into existence, that, that agreement. So let me not get my cart before my horse. Let me start by asking some questions. Who owns, think about your bank, think about where you conventionally, commercially, and I'm now I'm not, let me make a clarification here. I have checking accounts and saving accounts. That's absolutely fine, normal, useful. I understand. Direct deposits, okay? So have those things. That's great. I use those things. Nash used those things. When he said don't do business with banks, because he did say don't do business with banks. He wasn't referring to checking accounts or saving accounts. He was talking about financing. He's talking about being beholden to the bank, abdicating the banking function to a commercial bank for our need for finance. So think of your bank, your commercial bank. Who owns that bank? 
do you even know? Okay, but it's a good question to ask. Who owns, who literally owns that bank? Because to be sure, we need to recognize that a bank is not a non-profit institution. That is a business. So who owns it? How about who pays for that beautiful building, those well-manicured grounds, the beautiful folks inside, the state-of-the-art designs, just who who paid for that? Who continues to pay for that? Okay. How about who receives dividends from that bank? Because to be sure, dividends are paid from that bank. When we do business with banks, who is assuming risk? When we commercially finance something with a bank, who is now assuming the risk? What is a bank's product? I could see how we could argue that they provide a service. Again, we would have to put ourselves in a position to be beholden to the bank, to pay interest to the bank, and agree to their terms and conditions and so on. So that is a service, I suppose. But think about this. Recognizing that a bank is a business, what is its product? Again, tie that to knowing that for every dollar that we deposit at a commercial bank, they will lend out a multiple of that. Now, I can't do that. You can't do that. But the banks can and do. So what is their product? Let me ask you this. You, why be beholden to the bank? What is, have you considered, I'm just asking, have you considered, I'm not passing a judgment. This is just a thinking exercise. Why would you want to be beholden to a commercial bank? How do banks earn a profit? Again, they're not a nonprofit organization. They are a for-profit, they are a business. How do they earn a profit? Remember that dollar that you deposit that they're going to lend out 10 for? $1,000 deposit, 10000 lent out? Walk that scenario out. How much are the banks earning in interest? The banks are earning between three and four figure returns on every dollar that we deposit. They're earning between three and four figure. Use your imagination of what we are depositing there. And my last question in this section is going to be, what is it that banks themselves buy? What do banks buy? Bowley. Bank-owned life insurance. Banks, commercial banks, are the largest purchasers of whole life insurance. So having asked all these questions, take the time to consider your answers. Let's now see the banks for what they really are. And let's walk it on, on up the line. I know that I've asked you about the bank that's on your town's corner where you live. What about all the way up to the Federal Reserve? Okay, perhaps you've heard that name mentioned, that title mentioned before, perhaps not. Maybe you, what do you know about the Federal Reserve? 
not too long ago. I didn't know very much about it myself, but what I can say is that it's almost a perfect oxymoron, meaning that uh, the 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 Federal Reserve is neither completely a federal entity of the United States government. It's not that. Nor are there true reserves like you would expect. Just like I talked about at the local level, a bank will lend out multiples for every dollar that is deposited. We're not tied to a gold standard where there's a certain amount of gold that's now amassed at Fort Knox for every dollar that's in circulation. No, 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 no. There is much more of a private a private entity dictating these policies and such. It's a good study is what I'm saying. And nor, nor are we tied to a standard as we have been before, but now we're operating with a fiat currency. So these are things worth noting when, when vetting the idea of becoming your own banker, when practicing the idea of becoming your own banker, it is good and pertinent to understand how the Federal Reserve is operating, how local businesses, banks, are operating, and us answering the question for ourselves, should I or should I not become my own banker? I would promote the idea that you should be your own banker, that I should be my own banker. Now, to reference what I said about deposits and loans being made by banks, uh, you can check out page 20 where Nash was talking about um, how how commercial banks will loan out multiples of what we deposit there. Now, walk this out. Now that we know that banks are loaning money that does not exist until we sign the dotted line. Again, I'm not talking about savings accounts. I'm not talking about checking accounts. But when we refinance or get a mortgage or finance a vehicle or get a personal loan or what have you with a commercial bank, when we do business with that bank, don't we front the collateral? I mean, when we're getting a car loan, isn't the car up for collateral? When we get a mortgage, isn't our abode in, in the balance? Yes, yes it is. So I'm just I'm asking us to consider what everyone's role is in your given situation. Who pays the interest? Well, naturally, you do. Or I would. So we're fronting the collateral. We are paying interest. What else? We're assuming all the risk. Now, I don't know when I get a five-year loan, for example, from a commercial bank. I don't know what the next five years are exactly going to look like. Most times, it seems to be, and you tell me if this is how you see things, that as long as we can get a payment that works for us as, as we see it, that we don't necessarily care so much about what the terms and conditions are. We don't really think about what it means to have that vehicle as collateral, what it means for us to assume all that risk, etc. We just want a payment that we think that we can manage. And banks, for their part, will only give loans based off of their expectation that you can make payments. So, we're building their business 
paying interest, assuming the risk, fronting the collateral on their terms and conditions, whatever they, because they're in the position to be able to set up the terms and conditions as they choose, not as we would choose for ourselves. So for each of these points, I'd like to point out something that is indicative of the infinite banking concept. So when I said we front the collateral when we commercially, conventionally finance, how is that with infinite banking? Okay, so when I pay policy premiums with a properly structured policy, with a mutual company, it's a whole life policy, it pays a dividend, I have guaranteed access to the cash values of that policy. So policy design is necessarily very important. And that, that access, that guaranteed access to the cash values in the policy, to the capital that I am amassing there, will be in a known interest environment, which is a beautiful thing. And the collateral for me accessing my capital is the death benefit. Because again, cash values of a policy are just a net present day representation of that future death benefit. So, talk about the beauty of an appreciating asset that is perfectly collateralized in and of itself. The nature of that policy provides both the guaranteed access to the cash values to the capital today while using that future death benefit, which I don't require at this moment, Again, it's there come time, but it's perfectly collateralized with itself. I hope you're following me in this. Now, the interest. Again, I promote the idea that you should become your own banker. In, in general, if I could generalize the, the rules of banking, they are pay yourself first, pay yourself with interest, recapture the money. So the interest that should be paid, again, this is what I'm promoting, the interest that should be paid should be you paying interest to yourself. And again, if we're true to not stealing the peas, I would suggest that we pay additional interest to ourselves, that we value our money even greater than we would value conventional money. Because our money is real money. I mean, when I loan myself money for something, that's real money. That wasn't just digits created on a screen. So the interest, I would say, should never leave you or your family or your business. Keep that within your family, your household, your business. Who assumes the risk? Well, when I take a policy loan on the cash values of my policy today, which again, that cash value is just a net representation today of a future death benefit, I, as the owner of that policy, have the option to pay just the principal back. I have the option to just pay the interest back. The insurance company is not going to be calling me, not going to be knocking at the door. That is my policy. It's privately owned. Everything is established and set up in the unilateral contract from the time that that policy goes in force when I sign it. I have guaranteed access to the growth. I have a guaranteed death benefit. I have a known interest environment. If I do choose to access 
the high cash value in my policy, which I do regularly. And I would encourage you to consider that idea for yourself if you're vetting this idea and to continue to do so to provide for your need of finance if you're already a customer or a client. So as far as risk is concerned, I could also decide not to pay that policy loan back. Again, I am the banker, so I'm not promoting that idea exactly, but there are times where you could intentionally, purposefully, for a period of time with a plan, leave a a policy loan outstanding because, again, nobody's knocking at my door, your door. Nobody's making phone calls to me or to you. You have that perfectly collateralized asset because of the death benefit. Now, again, don't steal the peas. Pay yourself first. Pay yourself with interest. Recapture the money. Whose business are we building? Now, when I, with my forward thinking, with my long-range thinking, pay substantial premiums to multiple policies with multiple companies, wherein I can access the cash value of those policies for my need for finance with a plan, with a system, intentionally, so that I can even recapture that back into my own system for my household needs, for my business needs. What business am I building? My own. Again, remember this. Nelson Nash would say that we needed to be in two businesses. See, if you are a contractor by trade, somebody performs the banking function for your business. I would promote that it should be you. So when you assume the banking function, you're technically in two businesses now. So instead of building some commercial bank's business, we could be building our own business. Now, terms, again, I've already outlined that some as far as the terms go. So when you access cash values with a policy loan, it would be in a known interest environment. And again, I could pay back the principal. I could pay back interest only. I could pay back both, should pay back both. I could pay back none. The whole point is bringing banking back to the me and the you level. No one knows your business. No one knows your household. No one knows your needs for finance like you know. So address that accordingly. And as long as you're following the the principles that R. Nelson Nash outlined in his book, you will be astounded with the capital that you can grow and amass, the net worth that you can build for yourself and your heirs, your beneficiaries, and then some. Now, what I would dare you to do, triple dog dare you, would be to pull up a month's worth of your statements, your numbers, and I dare you to look at the past month, how much, I don't care what your rates are, we will spend so much time talking about rates getting a 5%, 4%, 3%, 2%, 1%, 0% financing on something while overlooking the volumes of interest that we are paying. How many dollars did you pay in interest alone? Money that will forever leave your hands just last month. Now think about what that maybe has looked like or could look like over three months, a year. 10 years because the time's going to go by either way and I dare you to just take a snapshot and look and see what that looks like for you 
and consider, again, if you're already a client, just as we grow in scale, you know, this is an ongoing, evolving implementation of how do we systematically account for our entire financial footprint over the course of our lifetime, okay? And whether, like Nash said, that it takes the average American seven years, 14 years, 20 years, the time will go by either way. Who controls the banking function in your life? So I hope that this has been a helpful discussion. I know that I've thoroughly enjoyed looking at commercial banks, their role in our lives, and how we can begin becoming our own banker. So to carry on this conversation, for you to see how you could implement the infinite banking concept into your household, your business, your investing, you can reach me at 828-817-4223 or you can email durhamtalents at gmail.com. This has been a great pleasure for me. I look forward to our next conversation. Have a great day. Take care.